0: Welcome to the CCFR radio podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 110 of the CCFR radio podcast. I'm your host, Rod Giltak. Thanks for joining me again today on the podcast. I got a lot to cover. I'm going to try to go through it as quickly as possible. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the uh, projects that I'm involved in and I'm going to bring on Wilson and she's going to talk about some of the things that she's involved in, but both segments are really equally as important. So a lot of really important information. There's a lot going on for gun owners for some reason right now, despite everything else that's going on. You'd think that we would be ignored for a little while. That would be nice. But, uh, but it's just not possible. Anyway, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors, Vortex, the force of optics. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast. We really appreciate that. You can check out all their great products at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And of course, our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. We really appreciate their continued support. You can check out all the great work that they do. At saskriverssci.com. That's saskriverssci.com. Okay, now, <clears throat> now try to race through all this because, you know, my conversation with Tracy it was like 25 minutes, right? So there's 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 a lot of stuff to go through. Anyway, uh, here's what's important. First thing I want to talk about is, as you may be aware, uh, on May 1st at midnight. Gun owners, all the gun owners uh, in Canada that have these now prohibited firearms from the May 1st, 2020 gun ban two years ago will not be protected um, from uh, criminal prosecution any longer. The amnesty runs out on May May the 1st at midnight. And um, what does that mean for you? Well, you'll be in unauthorized possession of prohibited firearms and prohibited devices, right? AR-15 uppers used to, were unregulated before. Now they're prohibited devices like a landmine or a hand grenade or a pipe bomb. Okay. Now, not, that's not the worst news. The worst news is AR-15s are registered. That means that if the government wants to up the ante, like they've been doing nonstop recently, just wants to do the crazy stuff in the world, they can just handle this to, uh, you know, uh, to the RCMP of all the people where all these guns are. And the RCMP can actually bang on your door, legally execute a search warrant and legally take you to jail. And, you know, those charges are very serious criminal charges. So they would result in years in prison. You'd hope not, but, that's that's what you're looking at right now 10 years ago i would have said well the government would never do that they'll extend the amnesty, or they'll come with their buyback like promised you know they're not going to make criminals out of regular people that have done nothing but do every single thing that they said register their firearms keep them at home don't take them to the range for no reason there's no reason we couldn't have been shooting these guns you know it's made zero public safety benefit but anyways just completely absurd insane um, but I wouldn't put at this point, to be honest with you, I wouldn't put anything past this government. I wouldn't put nothing in my mind. I would put past them. Now, I, want, I don't want to get into a discussion of all the examples of people going, oh, that'll never happen, you conspiracy theorist. What? Oh, oh really? Oh, I'm not even going to say the things because it's going to spark a discussion that's, that's outside the realm of firearms, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's just been up the ante, up the ante, up the ante. So I wouldn't put anything past them. So um, if we get to May 1st and there's no extension of the amnesty or no gun buyback is not only implemented, but actually done, completed, it's impossible. Um, Then we're all in big trouble. And so then is not the time to be running around like chickens with our our heads cut off, trying to figure out how we're not all going to go to jail or be sitting there going like, I could get a knock at the door at any time, any hour of the night, and I'd be in trouble. So the CCFR has uh, filed a um, an injunction application to extend the amnesty. Well, it's not filed. It'll be filed this week, right? But we're in the process of, of filing it. Part of that is getting the affidavits done because you have to have applicants, just like in a lawsuit. So here's my affidavit. I just did it today. Um, just swore it today. But look at this. It's 122 pages long. And I'm like, I, I get this file. And I'm like, I open it. I'm like, it's 122 pages. And you know the te- you know our our legal team's like well yeah it's a tr- it's a trial basically you know almost right like it's a hearing you put all of your evidence up front because when the judge renders their de- her decision that's the decision you don't get to be like oh oh I didn't know you didn't know that there was you know that the amnesty ran out or oh I didn't know you didn't know that the government promised to do a buyback before the amnesty ran out like you h- submit everything as if it's a trial you know and. So I'm like, yeah, like I'm learning a lot through this experience too, right? And that's why these things are so expensive that this application is probably a hundred grand. I don't know. Um, this application itself, I mean, it's taken a lot of my time because I have to read it and swear to it. And it's and it takes a lot of time because this is evidence being submitted to the federal court. So anyway, um, the CCFR is not gonna wait until we're all in peril. We have to do this now. So maybe the government will change direction or whatever. Either way, we have you covered if you're a gun owner. So whether you're a supporter or a CCFR member, we're doing this for you. We're doing this for all gun owners that have the affected firearms. So um, if you wanna consider becoming a member of the CCFR, do that, firearmrights.ca. If you wanna support the CCFR with a donation to help cover these costs so we can continue to do these things, firearmrights.ca. If you can't do either of those things, find yourself a CCFR member And take them for a beer or thank them because they're the ones paying for all of this. So thank you to everyone that's supporting us so that we can do these things for gun owners. Anyway, that's what's happening. Now, um, there's six cases running in parallel. I don't know, to be honest, because I'm out of the loop because I'm really busy and you'll find out why. This is only one of the many things I had to do. But... um, I don't know if anyone else is filing an injunction application. Nobody really needs to. We've got we've got one going, um, but uh, but there may be others. So I just just want to make sure that everything I'm saying is accurate and you know that there could be other ones, not just the CCFRs. Okay, next thing, uh, National Range Day. So we've been talking about National Range Day for a while. And you sort of heard the plan and why we're doing it and all the rest of that stuff. and And it's the CCFR that is kickstarting this thing. And our plan is not like, oh, there's a website and an email address. Maybe somebody will get back to you and you know, tell your friends. And here's a couple of social media posts. This is a massive campaign to, to bring 100, 200,000 gun owners into participating in it. And it's something that's meant we're taking this day for ourselves. We're not waiting for the government to, to give us a day, a national day. They'll never do it. They think we're scum. They think we're the worst possible people. We're the most vetted possible people. We commit the least crime as of any other group in the country, but we're obviously the worst. So they will never, ever do that, right? They don't want to promote us as, as good citizens and, and what we do is legitimate. Never. We have to take that day for ourselves. In order to do that, we need a killer plan. We need websites and deals with social media influencers and mainstream media advertising and press releases and web resources and outreach to every gun club in the country. There's some, somewhere around 1,100 of them you know outreach to every firearm organization and shooting organization like IPSC and IDPA and Steel Challenge and all these other ones and and every firearm organization i'm fully expecting every firearm organization to adopt this and push it as hard as they can to every member they have and to every person that they influence because it's going to take it's going to take all of us to make national range day so big it just can't be ignored the government's like oh, we can there's nothing we can do to for anybody to ignore this. The media can't be like, well, I don't know what to do. Run a bad story about gun owners. You know, trot out the anti-gunners and get them to make a statement on national range. Like, there's nothing they can do as long as it's big, as big as possible. So if you're sitting there after two years going like, what can I do, what can I do, I wanna do something, don't worry. Not only are we creating all the infrastructure for free use for everyone, but we like step-by-step guides, are you an individual and wanna do something? Here's all here's a bunch of ideas and here's exactly here's a list of things to do to make that happen and a list of the resources that we provided for you right so there'll be a, a role for every single gun owner in the country to play we need 100 200,000 gun owners to get involved in this and the goal is and nothing's branded CCFR we don't own anything you know we'll keep the website up we'll pay those fees we'll deal with with all the infrastructure for it, and we'll pay for that again. And then when I say we, I mean the members of the CCFR, but the whole point is when I'm long gone, the CCFR is gone, nobody'll ever remember who started it. It'll just be a thing. It'll be a national day, and it'll be huge. And I you know, I would almost prefer it that way because it who cares who started it as long as it happens? I don't care. We don't care, okay? So this is, and if and if it fails, if you know, ten thousand people, get involved in 25 clubs and it kind of fizzles out. It's it's on all gun owners. It's on the community that 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 failed because the CCFR can create the infrastructure, we can pay for it, we can maintain it, but that's all we can do because we're only four people, right? And, you know, field officers and everybody else is a lot more than four, but that's all we can do. We need this has to be done by the community. Everybody has to buy in and put their back into this thing. They have to put everything into it. So, anyway, I'm going to be rolling out that entire plan. And I mean, when I say I, it's really Tracy's work. This is Tracy Wilson's project because I've got a lot of other things going on. I'll get more into that in a second. Um, but we're going to roll all that stuff out in the first podcast at the end of the month because at the end of the month, all this work's done. It's all the infrastructure's finished and you'll see it. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to go step by step right through that whole plan. You're going to be impressed with it because it's big. It's a lot of work. So anyway, first podcast after the end of this month. So like whatever, 12, 14 days from now. Okay, well, I guess that's going to end up being probably the next podcast. So anyway, that's happening. Just so you know, it's not, it wasn't just a, you know, hey, we should do this. Like, you know, when we take on a project, we complete it and, and I hope you're going to be impressed because it's, uh, I'm really impressed with it. I'm very excited about it. All right, next thing, um, CCFR Radio on the air. It's our new television show on Wild TV. Uh, on national television it's a specialty channel but it's it's national television that's coming uh, the first episode should um, premiere I think the first or second week of March I'm actively doing episodes right now I've done four interviews I'm working on the different parts of the show I've got the intros done I have music I got all these all this stuff and I'm I'm filming for it so it's a lot of work but I'm I'm really enthusiastic and I'm really hopeful that that'll make a big difference and grow our organization which will allow us to do more stuff than that, you know, like we're doing. All that to say, um, it's it's only probably two, three weeks away. Three, well, I guess it depends, right? If they go the second week, it's four weeks away. And I can use every day uh, that I can. Uh, there was a delay. Remember, it was supposed to come out in January, but I moved. I had been in a house, 3,500 square foot house for 16 years, raised two kids in a house. So you can imagine it's full of stuff, like full, and then we went to, you know, my wife and I, kids are gone. My wife and I are in a townhouse. That's like 20, 2300, 2400 square feet. So you can only imagine what a production that was. It was a nightmare. And we, the whole family got COVID and it was like the Megatron variant and the Megatron or whatever they're calling it. It was supposed to be a little bit more mild. I thought I had it earlier because I had a headache for a couple of days and then it just went away. I'm like, oh, nothing. It's nothing. Well, it came back and it got us all really good. In fact, I was sicker than I was when I had the original recipe COVID 19 way back. Now I had I've had the extra crispy, um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I was out for like eight nine days, and my wife was a month, and everybody else, yeah, the the kids they recovered to their adults, right? But they recovered pretty quick because they're they're young, they're in early twenties, right? So anyway, all that. Plus all the other work that I had to do, there's a lot of things that I couldn't get get out of, and you know had to be done. There's a lot of that stuff that uh, that I can't avoid. And it caused a big delay. Anyways, um, so that's coming. Look forward to that. Oh, one more thing I want to say about that before I forget, I'm not going to be uploading the episodes uh, onto the YouTube channel because this is in you know Wild TV and the CCFR are in, are in partnership on this show, and so I want it to be there. You know I want it to be on their platform only. The one thing I may upload are the interviews because we don't do interviews in the podcast, ver, or very rarely we don't we don't really do any other interviews. And these interviews, some of them are really cool. I've done four, and I have a whole bunch, in, you know, in 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 progress. And I think I want to share those. So what I might do is uh, do the occasional episode. I'll put that up on the YouTube channel so you can just see what the show looks like. Maybe the first episode I'll do that. Actually, maybe the second one because the first episode will have a lot of. Um, uh, like uh, housekeeping, like here's who the CCFR is if you don't know us and all that stuff. Maybe I'll do the second episode. Um, but I think I'm going to share the interviews because those are really interesting. All right, last thing I want to talk about real quick is I don't usually give oxygen to anti-gun groups because they have a, a far smaller audience and a far smaller far, far smaller reach than we do. Um, but sometimes they just like, they they full-on, you know, Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz, jumping the shark, you know, on his motorbike. Um, that's all the young people like Fonzie, who's Fonzie? But anyway, that's where the term jump the shark came from. It's, it was uh, it was a character in Happy Days, uh the you know, the coolest guy in the world on his you know classic uh motorcycle. <laughs> you know, he's so cool he can actually jump a shark, uh, you know, a, a ramp over the, the shark pit and hit the other ramp is the whole point. That's where the term jump the shark came from originally. But anyway, you know, poly sensor which is one of the more irrational groups not as poorly behaved as a as a doctors for protection from guns but they're very irrational and sometimes they just they just take it to the next level they're kind of like the liberal government right you just think you've seen it all and then boom they're like you ain't seen nothing we're taking to the we're next leveling this we're gonna level up and show you what real lunacy looks like right and and then and then you think oh it can't get any crazier than this and it's like oh like this week right but anyway oh You ain't seen crazy so anyway i just wanted to share this because it was interesting so there's a there's a study going on in the house of commons in the uh public safety committee called secu i don't know you know what where that comes from but anyway and tracy and i are going to talk about it and she's going to talk about some of the testimony and whatever but but anyway paulie this whole this whole study is actually about gang violence and um and the drug trade and its effect on on gun violence and paulie sasuvier and you know, Heidi Ratchin and Wendy Sukier and the docs, they don't know anything about this stuff. You know who does? Marcel Wilson of the One by One movement. And Marcel is an ex-gang um, leader, reformed gang leader, turned around and went, I I, I can't have people living the life that have, I've lived. And he is on the ground in Toronto in the worst areas, create a whole program, a whole organization to, to divert youth from, from getting involved in gangs. Like root cause stuff in the community, credible, everything. Okay. This guy is the real deal. Okay. He knows what's going on specifically in this, in this study. He is like, he should be one of the key people in the entire study because it's exactly what he's dealing with the, him and the cops, right? The top cops. So the top cops go, yeah, we, licensed gun owners have no part in this conversation. They're not a problem. All, all three of them, right? From the, from a couple, I made a couple of videos. I still got a couple more to make, but I got to get at it. You know, I've got a lot of things on my plate. And then, and so, you know, they're like, yeah, it's a it's non-issue. An and no, a gun ban would not change our situation at all. We're not asking for that. You know, that's very damaging, right? To The the narrative is crumbling. So the government comes out and the government starts running these ads, right? You guys have seen them. We're ripping our ears off about them. You know, oh, they're running ads. It's like, yeah, they're wagging the dog. I say the same thing with Tracy. It's like, they're, they're trying they've done something people don't understand why like oh we got to backfill this we got to turn this into a, we got to spin this into a win using taxpayer money right well here you got a guy marcel wilson actually saving lives the work that he has done has undoubtedly s- saved lives there's no way around it if he's diverted youth out of out of dangerous gangs he has saved lives he say he has prevented bullets from flying in downtown toronto this guy has actually done it okay Here's what... So he, and by extension, he knows that gun bans are are ridiculous. That's not what anybody needs, and it's a distraction. He hasn't received any funding. They got a billion dollars for gun bans from only people like me and you, but they got nothing for Marcel Wilson actually doing the real work that's going to make a difference in urban violence, right? So anyway, he doesn't parrot the talking points of polysensitive. Do they go, you know... He's not going along with our rhetoric, but he, he's the real deal. He's the real guy. He knows what he's talking about. He's the real credible person in this room. We don't have any credibility in this conversation, really. So you know what? I'm just going to not say anything. It's damaging, yeah, but you know, he's, gonna, he's got his own experience, and he's going to say what he's going to say. Do they do that? Mm-mm. Check this out. They tweet. They try to discredit him. They try to discredit this guy at one by one inks marcel wilson mirroring hashtag gun lobby rhetoric like apparently i own marcel wilson now i'm running him apparently saying gun control should always be synonymous with illegal gun crime and illegal gun trafficking despite majority 61 percent blah 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 whatever this number is it fluctuates every single year you know what fluctuates that number it's fluctuated by the amount of gang war that's happening if a gang is having is in a war with another gang They start shooting each other in public, no less. They kill each other off, and those people aren't around to shoot anybody or they're in jail, right? So it's cyclical. And you see that when you look at the homicide rate in Canada. If there's gang wars, the homicide rate is high. If there's very little gang activity, the homicide rate is low. That's the way it works. So anyway, it's just so ridiculous. Of course, so there, this is probably a true number. I haven't checked it out, okay? But it's probably true. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Let me put it that way. And cause I have no problem doing that, but it's very misleading because you're like, Oh, 61, 61% what every year? Of course not. So yeah, apparently we own these people on the ground and you know what? If he's not going to spout your talking points, you should just discredit him. You should accuse him of being in the gun lobby's pocket. Like I can't, it's hard for me to express what disgusting behavior that is. And they'll slag us all day long. Oh, you're vile. You're this or that. It's so ridiculous. And you know what? I've, I don't know how many times I've reached out. You guys have seen it. I've reached out. I've reached out to the doctor's group. I've reached out to Polly Sesavia. I'm like, I've reached out to Danforth families. I'm like, Hey, imagine how, what a powerful voice we would be because we all have common, common goals. We all want a safer Canada. We want to get the firearm related homicide rate down. Okay. And we want to do that too. That's why we raised money for $6,000 in a fundraiser from ourselves because somebody has got to do it. He hasn't received any government funding yet. Like ludicrous, like just lunacy, right? But imagine if they could just, just put their ideology away for a few minutes and we all work together. Man, could we get some things done. Bringing all this different expertise in all these different areas, we could, we would get whatever we wanted, right? And so I've reached out several times and the reason, and I'm gonna tell you this and I'm gonna speak from the heart for a second. The reason why I have the capability of reaching out despite all this garbage that spews from these people 24 seven, they're on Twitter all night long. The reason why I can put that away is because I have a business background. And you know what, in business, if you're a real businessman, you learn how to do business with people you can't stand. And they, if they're good business people, they'll learn how to do business with you, even if they can't stand you, and that happens. I told a customer once, hey man, we don't have to be friends to do business. And he couldn't believe it, he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, I know you don't like me. I, I don't have a lot of respect for you at all, I have no respect for you. But you need a product, I've got the product. I can treat you civilly. I'll make sure I do the best that I can for your business, and you do the best that you can to sell my product into your territory. This can work, and you you should see the way that changes people. And all of a sudden, you have an ally. And you know what grows out of that? A relationship. If you can let it all go, you know. And I'm I'm going to share something. I know I'm I'm going on on, but just kind of an interesting story. So this is how I approach everything. Like I can let it all go at any time with anybody, if if I can help them and they can help me, because that's that's far more productive for everybody if you're not fighting with people all the time. So I've reached out multiple times and they give me, they give me the finger basically. Right. If you, if you go onto my Twitter feed and you look at the pinned tweet, it's like, I'm like, Hey, let's sit down. We'll, I'll, you know, we'll like give $15,000 to charity. And you can even choose one of them. They're like, you're vile, disgusting, whatever it was Alan Drummond, just like, you're losing. You're just a troll. You're just, you're a gong show. I'm like, holy man, what's wrong with these people? But anyway, I can, I can let that go at any time, but this is, this is what they they'll never be able to let that go. And Canadians and organizations like the one by one movements now, now, now these guys have to fight the anti-gunners for funding and fight the anti-gunners and, you know, against fight against them to stop their, you know, trying to them to wreck their reputations. Just, I, I don't know. I just, every time I think they've hit a new, new low, and, and and you know what? I don't even think they understand. And hey, look at the traction they're getting. You think like you think you could read the room, right? Look at the traction. Let's have a look here. Where is that? Here. It's been up for twenty hours. Five likes. Who who's liking this? By the way, I guess we'll dox them, right? That's the big thing now is doxing everybody. Here's your liking liking crew right here. All five of them. You know, and eight eight quote you know retweets, or sorry, four retweets. And look at this, look at the, look at the ratio. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look at their, they just get ratioed. And you know what? It's funny. They're always like, oh, these people are all run by the CCFR. These people are not run by the CCFR. There's some people that are members that have, they have CCFR logo on their, on their profile, but I'm not running anything, man. I don't got time for that crap to like, go to Polly's tweet right now and go do that. Like we've done a little bit of that stuff like a year ago or something. Uh, I think it was during the, when the, no, it was like two years ago or something when the, uh, when the gunman happened, where it was like, Hey, we need everybody to let Canadians know this is not a good idea or whatever. But other than that, like we don't do that. We very, I very rarely ever ask anybody like, Hey, go have a look at this, you know, comment if you can't like just ridiculous. You know, everybody's that disagrees with them as a troll. Anyway, I think it's just hilarious. Um, okay. Anyway, I've talked too long. I just wanted to share that with you, share a couple of anecdotes. It's, it's just very interesting what we have to deal with on a daily basis. I'm going to bring Tracy Wilson on right now. All right. On Skype, we've got Ms. Wilson from the CCFR. Wilson. Hey, Rod. How you doing? Not bad. How are you?
1: Oh, you know, another day in paradise here in Ottawa.
0: All right. Uh, well, we've got a lot of stuff to go through, so let's get started. Um, the um, uh, Public Safety Committee, otherwise known as SECU, uh, has been meeting for a study on firearm-related violence and gang violence, and specifically, I think. Um, and you've been monitoring the whole thing. I've been monitoring it where I can and making some clips and whatnot. But uh, you've been live tweeting during the meetings. Yeah. And uh, and I've been storing all of this footage for
1: future, future use. So uh, what's been going on with that? Well, it's funny. This isn't over a piece of legislation, which normally when the committee meets and hears from expert witnesses, you're debating an actual piece of legislation. This is just a study. It's called the study on gun control, illegal arms trafficking and increase in gun crimes committed by members of street gangs. That's the official name of the study. So they've been hearing from a really big variety of experts and advocates and government bodies and agencies and they're at eight meetings now. Number six, which was on February 8th, was my favorite. I call it the super cop meeting. And they had um, Evan Bray. They had the uh, TPS there, the Canadian Association for Chiefs of Police. This was a really pivotal part of the study because it's, you know, they the government has brought these people there to give their expert opinion as law enforcement and people who l- literally work and deal with crime every single day. And what would they like to see? in order to reduce the violence and of course they echoed the same things that the community groups and the at risk youth groups have been asking for investments in community investments in intervention for youth investments at the border investments in law enforcement investments in even trauma therapy like there it was it couldn't have gone better and there was um there was so much good footage from that and then Of course, we also had uh, Kaelin Langman's been featured, Solomon Friedman's been on there. And then yesterday was a really, a really good meeting because the first group, um, we had Evelyn Fox from the Communities for Zero Violence and Richard Martin from the Keep Six movement. And these are groups that work and Marcel Wilson from One by One. And these are groups that work literally in the community. Four o'clock in the morning, there's a shooting and they're out there helping the families, dealing with the kids, sometimes intervening with kids, literally saving lives out there. And they they echoed all those same sentiments. And of course, nobody so far has asked for a gun ban or any regulation, for that matter, on le- le- uh, legal gun owners. Except the uh, the second portion of yesterday's meeting, which was Pauly Sousouvien and Wendy Sukier. and of course they want a gun band and meg bands and all kinds of bands, 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 bands. So it was <laughs> um, it was interesting. <laughs> Pe- <laughs> well, that's that's what it is. That's yeah. that's the only the only uh, thing they've got, right? Um, some people have asked me how was their their intervention yesterday, and I said, well. It was kind of largely ineffective. I mean, I know I've heard their spiel over and over again, but it was the same skewed stats, the same lame comparisons to island countries, or, you know, they were so long-winded they actually ran out of time, and the, um, the, the committee chair literally cut their mic. So there was a lot of interruptions for motions on the on dealing with uh, measures towards the protest and. So, yeah, they they really didn't get a heck of a lot of time in front of the mic. So,
0: yeah, well, a lot of good things have come out of this meeting. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think specifically the uh, the top cops in a a couple of meetings ago, um, Chief Bray and um, acting deputy chief uh, Dem Q from Toronto, uh, Mm -hmm. all three of them actually that were on um, were very reasonable. And they've said yeah. gun owners are like legal gun owners are not the problem, flat out. And none of them asked for a ban. And in fact, they denounced a the ban. And you know, I guess yeah. Paulie so, yeah, Cezar and uh, and Wendy Suki are going to imply that uh, that we're they're working for us. Uh, yeah, gun lobby
1: know. talking points. Yeah,
0: we're we're feeding them American cash dollars that we get from <laughs> the NRA. Apparently, you know, just all kinds of ridiculous nonsense and lies um which obviously we've uh, we've come to expect from them which is which is terrible but you know yeah. i made a couple of videos and they were a little bit on the cheeky side i, sh- I should have made them a little bit more serious but i just wanted to to get you know some of that footage out and i said in the video i thanked uh these guys and 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 the reason is and and i keep telling this to people when they're so surprised at how reasonable we actually are i don't care if the truth is not convenient for gun owners I don't care if the truth is contrary to everything that we're trying to do. I just want the truth because I want to live in a safer society. And I want mm-hmm. to balance that with people being able to have some rights at all, not live in an open air prison. So, so to do that, to figure out what that right balance is, we need the real information. You know, so when police are honest, they're not just, you know what I mean? It's not, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of police out there that if they mm-hmm. could put a camera in everybody's bathroom for in the interest of public safety, they would. And there's other police saying, hey, the reason we're doing policing is we're, we're trying to protect the ability for people to live as free as possible, but be, you know, have some degree of safety, right? And and so a, a reasonable conversation uh, clearly isn't possible from the anti-gunners because they're so single-minded and ideological, just nothing matters. Um, but I'm, I'm really impressed and very thankful that uh, that uh, some of these guys, um, Bray and Q, and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, but he was just as— he just, was just as reasonable uh, as the others. I just really appreciate the honesty and that uh, that allows a, a real relationship to, that allows the opportunity to maintain a real relationship between civilians who are doing nothing wrong and the police. And that relationship, I, I think so many people don't understand how valuable and how important that relationship is. It has, we have to have that relationship. It, it's not yeah, supposed to do. be adversarial. <clears throat> the whole system doesn't work if it's adversarial. So, you know, anyway, I, I really appreciate their honesty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The meetings are going well. There's another one tomorrow. And um, yeah, by Monday, I'll have uh, an overview of where we are, a summary of how the study's going and and I'll keep everyone up to date. Awesome. All right.
0: Um, next thing, uh, government anti-gun ads, everybody's <laughs> everybody's heads blowing up. And uh, I mean, people, oh, yeah. are, people are messaging me. I know they're messaging you.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the group's on fire with posts about it. And I get it. You know, I'm sitting in the car with my grandson and I hear this anti-gun ad come on. And then later that night, we're watching a movie and there it is again. And it's on the morning in his TV shows. And yes, they are spending a fortune of our tax dollars on this propaganda. A lot of people are saying, well, what do we do? Can like Can we complain? Because these videos are lies. And so first of all, these are these are paid advertisements. It's commercial space that the government has bought on these platforms to put their commercial out. Part of that process, and we know it well because we did it ourselves during the election, is you have to run your ad exactly what you're going to say, like the script for it. You have to run it through their legal team. So they have an entire legal department that breaks it down word by word, sentence by sentence. You can't say things that aren't true, aren't sort of true. So anyways, long story short, go to canada.ca forward slash firearms. And that is the website where the government is hosting their citations for what they say in this video. Um, It is difficult to listen to, but, you know, violent offenses involving guns are up 81% since 2009. That is true. Shootings have become more common. Also True. Many Canadians feel threatened in their own communities. That's true. That came from a poll. And then they go on to talk about how the government of Canada is taking actions to make Canadians safer by banning the assault styled firearms, strengthening gun control laws, and targeting gang violence and illegal firearms trafficking. So did those things happen? Those Those things are all happening. Do they actually make Canadians safer? That's debatable, Number one, some of those things haven't actually happened yet, so you can't you can't prove it anyway. It's not necessarily a legal question as much as it is an ideological question. Um, but the things they say in the in that commercial, they can say it. So, you know, I know what some people are calling the radio stations and they're mad at them for playing it. It's not it's not a message from the radio station. It's a message from your government, and you should be angry, but be angry with them. Now. People have asked, well, why don't we just run our own ads? Well, we spent a quarter of a million dollars in two weeks before the election targeting ads on TV and radio, basically in Ottawa and the greater GTA. And I can, I don't know how much they're spending. I intend to find out through um, through the opposition. But it's a lot, like millions and millions and millions of dollars. So, you know, if we wanted to do something like that, could we? Yes, but we'd have to fund it. Um, we are also funding a massive court challenge right now to try and save those guns to begin with. So you know, we we sort of have to pick our battles. Um, one thing I want to say is, if you're angry about this and you know you hate hearing it and you know it's 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 misleading and it's not really true what they're saying to Canadians or at least they're trying to make Canadians they're trying to garner support because it's waning. That's okay. Target that. Focus that energy, because I have I have an outlet for you. I was thinking about it today. We've got 2.3 million licensed gun owners in this country, and Canada has about 37 million people in the country. So if every gun owner took 16 people to the range, that's everybody. That's everybody in Canada. And we have that collective opportunity on National Range Day, which, of course, is going to be the first Saturday in June, every single year going forward forevermore. So this year it'll be June 4th. Um, I'm working really hard on the website and all the resources to get that up there. Um, I guarantee it will be ready to go for March one, but there's stuff you can do. You can contact your club, call your executive, call a meeting, suggest holding an event for range day, volunteer at it, promote it. Don't get angry, get involved you have an opportunity to take those Canadians who are listening to those commercials and show them the truth about you, your sport, and your community. And that's exactly what we're going to do. On that website, I'm compiling all kinds of stuff for you. There's going to be logos. There's animated logos. There's going to be videos and graphics you can use for sharing on social media. There's going to be support documents for planning your event, an interactive map to register your event or find one near you. If we all collectively put in, you know, good effort into into planning an event and taking people out on June 4th, that'll be far more impactful than their tens of millions of dollars or whatever it is they're spending on commercials. And it'll be long lasting. So that that's how I want to fight it.
0: Yeah. So I mean, so going back to the ad itself, um, yeah, all that stuff is it can be. Can be referenced and verified to some degree, but the way yeah. that it's packaged is misleading. So, yeah, people are, 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 I, you know, I appreciate people suggesting ideas, you know, to yeah. us. Um, but, uh, something that people love to do is like, oh, why not? Why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? It's like, well, think about that for a second. Cause I wrote down those, <laughs> the things like that we've done, like in the last year, you know, we did that 64. Full pages, full page ads across seventeen newspapers. That wasn't too long ago. We accompanied that with ads on Spotify for people that don't have, you know, the, whatever the the big package, the free. They're people they're listening for free, and on Google Google Music as well. Um, we did the sixty six billboards just before the the uh, the election. We did television yeah. ads during the election. We distributed two hundred and fifty thousand brochures
1: <laughs> during by the hand. election
0: period. Yeah, by hand. Like we've, you know, we've got a court case that is so monstrously expensive. I think I might talk a little bit in a little bit more detail uh, maybe in the next podcast about that. We're, we're doing so many things and spending so much money that we actually have to be careful now because we, well. we spent a lot of money. And so it's great that people are like, where's our ad? So number one, you like you said, you have to fund it. You have to have the money to do that. Uh, number two, what is that message? you know, that's gun what owners I was are, thinking. Yeah. The gun owners in Canada want you to know your government's lying to you. Like uh, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So the best thing we can do just again, to prove your point is we have to have, if they're spreading propaganda, which is what it is, they're using government money to wag the dog, right? They're Taxpayer like, oh, money. Yeah. Taxpayer money to wag the dog, right? The dog's not wagging his tail. It's like, well, we need to grab the tail and wag the dog with this, you know, Hey, everybody don't, don't forget how unsafe you are and how we're going to save you. And it's like, well, you're, your bill doesn't have anything to do with what you're talking about, um, but um, just to give you an idea, because we know what stuff like this costs. So if the government um, decided to target thirty centers across Canada, thirty urban centers, which is about right, if you want to get it pretty much everywhere, like Red Deer yeah. and Calloway, maybe, and you know, just some even some some farther out places, but um, and you yeah. wanted to do four stations. So if they're advertising in Toronto or or in Calgary or whatever, you want to get at least four stations. Those are about, those ad buys are about $30,000 each. So if you had $30,000 ad buys and you had 30 centers with four stations each, that's about three point six. Uh, yeah, $3.6 million. And then they've done a bunch on TV. So add another million basically for television, eh, like $5 million. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So like at least. Yeah. So like, we can't compete I, I think- with that is what I'm trying to say.
1: No, we can't compete with that. And even if we could, even if we wanted to, you know, do a whole bunch of fundraising and just blow it off. Exactly, what is that message? Hey, Canada, are uh, you know those are those aren't really assault guns. They're they're sporting guns. Like I just think I think we are better off to take people literally, hands on, you know, boots to the ground. Take them to the range. Show them what our sport and our community is about. And if anybody, I, I. The reason they're spending all this money on commercials is because canadians aren't buying into their stuff anymore canadians are questioning this gun ban they're questioning their their the support is waning so the government's like hey we got to keep on that gun stuff right let's throw a bunch of money over there and and remind people of all the danger they're in and how we're going to save them from those dirty gun owners um i think we capitalize on that so we take those people and say no no come with us we're going to show you what it's all about we're going to give you a safe, wonderful experience that you can at least go home and judge for yourself on what the best way to use your tax dollars to make a safer Canada is. Yeah. And I, I think that's the best thing we can do.
0: Yep. 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 That is the mm-hmm. best thing that we can do. Um, yeah. And so anyway, yeah, that's that's the way to counter all this. And it yep. is interesting when you say because um, I agree with you. Their narrative around their gun ban and all the rest of the things they're doing, their narrative is crumbling. It really, oh, yeah. it really is. It's crumbling with the police. It's crumbling with a lot of people. Um, and why is that? What what force in Canada has been really, really pushing against that narrative using every possible means? Well, it's, it's not really the Conservative Party of Canada. They're speaking up here and there where they can. Um, who else? Right. So. I'm, I, I can't, I'm not gonna sit here and say the CCFR should take credit for all of that. Um, but I think as a community, the CCFR being part of it, all the talking that we're doing with people, all the things mm. that we're sharing on social media, all the things individually that we're doing, taking people that we know to the range or having a conversation with them, all that stuff, plus the stuff that we're doing too, I think it's having an effect. And I would never sit here and be like, we're the reason we're doing the heavy lifting we swing the big stick like that's yeah. that's not what it's about for us for me it's just about saving saving my guns but i think all of us doing everything that we're doing is starting to have an effect you know
1: i think i think you're right and i also think and i've always said that we have being right on our side and that makes a big difference the reason why police don't support gun bans or any of these credible experts don't support gun bans is because they don't work it's not a way to combat street crime so that's not a gun lobby talking point. It's a literally a fact. So, you know, I think I think that's exactly what's going on is they're like, uh-oh, the yeah. narrative around our gun ban is crumbling before our very eyes.
0: Yeah. Let's, Quit, let's throw millions of dollars let's at questions remind Canadians. Let's borrow some money at interest for, yeah. you know, all, all of the uh, the people our age, all of our kids to pay off, you know, when they're yeah. trying to, to make something themselves. And then we'll, you know, we'll use that money and then try to save our political political career because right now they're in government they can spend money trying to make themselves look good as a party and put them put the tab on our kids yeah for sure our kids can pay that tab and well and it's
1: politics in canada right now we don't need to get into that but it is an absolute dumpster fire so
0: it is a dumpster fire and the whole world sees it so oh yeah not not just with guns obviously not not everybody cares about that but yeah, it's just just an absolute mess. So it's it's uh it's not surprising that the liberals would do this to try no. to, again, spend borrowed money on someone else's tab to make themselves look like they're not as uh, as much of a mess as they actually are. So <laughs> anyway. We're just going to beat that point. We're just keep hammering that nail. Anyway. Um, okay. We got one positive thing to do, which is great. Um, if you guys remember, there was uh, we had the CCFR recruitment contest. Oh yeah. Yes. So we have a draw. Now how this is going to work is, I mean, I guess I could have kept staffer Steve's uh, email back up, but basically we're going to draw five names. I'm going to ask uh, Ms. Wilson to jot them down.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, we have this as a record too, uh, but we're going to draw five names. The first one is the, is the, Number one winner, one, two, three, four, five. And basically, if your name comes up for first in the draw right now, you're going to get to choose from the five prize packs or five prizes. I haven't looked at them myself. Um, and number two gets to choose from the remaining four. Number three gets to choose from the remaining. You know, so that's how it goes all the way down. We'll contact uh, the winners and figure out what they want after. But you're going to get the five names in order of, I guess, importance kind of thing.
1: So Yes, this is fun.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I love giving away stuff and who doesn't want guns for sure. Yeah.
0: So here's uh here's the usual stuff. We got uh, random.org and we got the spreadsheet. So we're going to count how many, um,
1: what if we get the same person twice?
0: Then we get the same person twice because there are people that did a lot of recruiting and they got an okay. extra entry. So, yeah. Okay. That is I think it is what it is. It uh, is what it is. I'll have to check the rules. But anyway, Kay. I think that's what it is. So we're going to go from row number 2 all the way down to row 524. From 2 to 524. Okay. Row 2 to 5
1: So this is number one, they get first choice of the packages.
0: So I think what we're going to do is we're going to hit generate five times and then we're going to find everybody. Okay. Okay. So first one, here we go. Okay. 203. Can you, I'll write that down on my inside too. I got it. Hold on. Oh, 249. Sorry. That was the second one. 249. Then four, five, one. I didn't think it was working, but it was. One, six, four. Okay. And the final one. Three five zero. Okay. Got it. All right. So let's go back to the spreadsheet. This
1: is the fun part.
0: All right. So the very first one was two Oh three.
1: Two Oh three.
0: I would have to use the scroll wheel to take as much time as humanly possible. Uh, so two Oh three is Christopher. From Toronto. Ooh, that's exciting. All right, Christopher, congratulations. You're the you're the top prize winner. 249 okay. is the next one. 249, yeah. 249 is Eric. I'm gonna I can see a little bit of his last name, but I'm gonna say, I'm thinking it's Taylor. But Eric Taylor from uh Thorold. Thorold Ontario. Okay, yeah. If I'm saying that right. Uh yep. 451. Come on, 451. There we go. Is Orton from Calgary, Alberta? Orton.
1: Orton? Yeah. Okay. That was
0: 450. That was 451, right? Uh yeah. 164. I'll use this to get back up there. 164 is Russell from Chester Basin, Nova Scotia. Okay. Russell. And three
1: hundred and fifty is your 50
0: last, is one. The last one. All right, three hundred and fifty is Brian from Calgary, Alberta. Woohoo! All right, so we'll get staffer Steve to deal with uh, with all of those things for us and let me get yeah we'll have here. to call
1: number one and see what he wants and we'll go down the line from there but
0: yeah everybody's getting something so that's great that's awesome so i i really want to thank everybody uh that that entered that contest there's some people that that recruited 10 more than 10 people and i really appreciate it um i mentioned yeah. in the last podcast i've been paying some big invoices we're getting to the point where i got to kind of slow everything down like the amount of output of what we're doing. Basically, I can't spend too much more money right now because we still have a lot of money to, to still deal out. This court case is outrageously expensive to do it, yes. you know, quote unquote, right. I don't know if it's the absolute right way, but we wanted to have a whole team of constitutionally experienced lawyers all working just to see if it would make a difference because we haven't done that before. And so mm-hmm. the, uh, the expense uh, of that is is uh, pretty shocking. I think I'm going to share that information with everybody here, maybe in the next podcast. We'll see. I got to make sure everybody's on side, but I'm going to, you know, I want to share that information because it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I, I'm sure it's the most <laughs> expensive uh, firearm related case in, in Canadian history. Um, but I'm hoping it'll make a difference. That's why we're doing it, you know? Um, yeah. But anyway, so all the support that we can get, I really appreciate. So thanks to everybody who, who, um, who entered that contest.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was an exciting contest with great prizes. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll be helping Steve out. We'll get Steve to contact everybody and then we'll build some uh, packages and get them in the mail.
0: Awesome. Good stuff. All right. It's been like 25 minutes. So uh, thanks for all the updates and uh, we'll let you go. We'll see you soon.
1: All right. We'll see you soon, Rod. Thanks.
0: All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode of the CCFR radio podcast. I got a couple of important things to talk to you about real quick before I let you go. Um, Number one, we did the draw for the recruitment contest. A lot of people did a lot of work. And I, I have to tell you this, the top three people that did the most work and recruited the most people, none of them won. And that's really tough. And I want, I want to mention them. Okay. Cause it's really important. Uh, the number one recruiter was Frank from Qualicum beach, British Columbia. Frank got 25, um, 25 memberships in. Okay. So thank you very much, Frank, for doing that. I couldn't, I couldn't do any of this stuff without people like you just doing some work and, and, and helping us grow the organization and helping us pay for more stuff, helping us launch more projects and complete them too, right? Completing them is another story. (laughs) It's very difficult, but you know, you've, you've helped us do that. So thank you. Um, second place, Johanna or Joanna from Burlington, Ontario or Joanna. It's uh, it's I don't I don't know what uh, what you'd prefer, but Joanna, thank you. You brought in twenty two people by yourself, just awesome. And in third place, Bob from Winnipeg, Manitoba, seventeen memberships. So, you know, you guys did so much work, and I feel so bad. I was talking to Tracy when we finished recording what you just watched, and I'm like, oh man, these people did the most and they got nothing. So what we're gonna do is Tracy's gonna get a hold of you, or maybe Adam will. We'll have to see. Tracy's really busy with her projects too. and she's responsible to get them done on time. Um, so she's, she's going to reach out or someone's going to reach out and get a hold of you guys and, uh, and get your information. We're going to send you a CCFR swag pack. She'll get your shirt sizes or whatever, whatever Tracy decides to put in the pack there. And, uh, and we're going to, we're going to send you a gift pack for, for all the great work that you've done. And just to say, thank you. I can't, I can't look at that. You know, when I'm looking down that list, can't look at that. It's like, Oh yeah, they got nothing. They did the most work at that time. So anyway, congratulations to our winners and congratulations to Frank, uh, Joanna, and, uh, and Bob for all the great work that you've done for the CCFR. I can't thank you enough. All right, um, other than that, as you know, we're spending a lot of money doing big things and necessary things for gun owners. If you are not a member of the CCFR, please consider becoming a member. Uh, you can do that at firearmrights.ca. Um, and if you don't wanna become a member, you don't like lists or whatever, it's a strange time to be on lists, right? Uh, you might get doxed. Um, you know, by somebody, but we have—I think we have better security than any of these other companies. Hopefully, I don't know; I, time will tell. But if you don't want to be on a list or whatever, you're scared of that. Um, feel free to donate to us. You can do that through various different payment processors. And um, I just—I really appreciate all the help. And we're gonna—we're gonna keep working ourselves, uh, you know, to death to to try to do everything we possibly can to help you uh, preserve your ability to own and use firearms. So anyway, to everyone, thanks for your support. Take care. And we'll see you next time. This is another episode of the CCFR radio podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.